Hey y'all, I'm Leslie. And I'm Marissa. And this is Screen Queens. So we're back together again. Woohoo! Finally. Finally, after weeks of recording separately and being behind and, um, Just you know, life. 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 It's been life. a rough, <laughs> sickly life for all of us. Yep. These past few weeks have really, really I'm say sucked. Month. Month. Marissa's month. Month. month have sucked. Yeah. But we're back. And for today, everyone is healthy. Yep, for today. Except for Marissa, who hurt her back. But other than that, everyone's healthy, and she'll just just mom through it. Yeah, that's just norm. She'll just mom through it. So today, y'all know I love an oldie. And we all know I love an unsolved disappearance, because those are the ones that I feel like are so important to tell their story. To get it out there, because uh, even if the person that committed the crime is gone, Mm Mm-hmm. You can still give the living relatives justice, justice, or not even justice, peace. Right. You can give them answers because mm-hmm. even if the person is passed on mm-hmm. that committed the crime and they can't be punished by the judicial system, I like to believe they're already being punished right. in the after. And also, it's still their living relatives, their parents, or siblings, whoever may be out here still searching for answers 20, 30, 40 years later, will finally have those and be able to have just a little peace, mm-hmm. even if they get nothing else but to know what happened. Right. Because to me, like losing a child is, you know, we've experienced mm-hmm. both of those and that's just absolutely horrific. But yeah. I think it would be a whole nother kind of pain if I didn't know for your baby child was. to be out there somewhere and you don't know, like yeah. you don't know if they're suffering. Right. You don't know if they're being harmed. You don't know if they're alive. You don't know if they're crying for you. Like to mm-hmm. me, that would just be, that's a, that would be another layer yes of pain on right. top of the pain of losing your child the mm-hmm. unknown mm-hmm. just seems unbearable to me yeah that just just seems unbearable yeah i don't think i could that's what i'm saying like i don't that and I don't in these cases, though these parents have no choice they have six other kids oh so what do you do besides you have to keep on because you have six other people while you're oh, searching wow. for this child you still have to be mom and dad to these people because they're also hurting because right. the same thing you're feeling they're feeling we've experienced losing a sibling we mm-hmm. know how horrible it is for our parents and we also know mm-hmm. how horrible it was for us right and in the same sense they lost their sibling and like i said in an even worse way we we have we have whether we like the closure or not at but least we know what happened answers. and we know where he is and right. i can't imagine on the flip if we didn't have any details and he just wasn't here anymore just disappeared yeah nothing. if he just disappeared into thin air and we mm-hmm. didn't have any ideas of where he was or what he, i just i don't know how i could even fathom not knowing because yeah. if your sibling's gone it's like a piece of you is gone mm-hmm. i just they're your first friends whether you like mm-hmm. them or not right. i mean I, we happen to like that one so you know right. it worked out but i just it's a whole new level of hurt mm-hmm. and this one ha- is a whole new level of heartbreak also mm-hmm. So we're going to go back to September of 1972 in Tho, Nodassa, Florida, Okay, which is near Tampa. It's like in a, like I'm assuming, like when I kept looking it up, it looks like a suburb right outside, you know, Tampa's so big. It's like right there in it. And it's going to be the case of Gail Junior. Junior? Joner. I'm sorry, Gail Joner. I said that wrong. Gail Joner. Okay. I was like, Junior? It's the way, it's because I read it, and then I was like, okay. what? And then I questioned myself, it's Gail Joner. Okay. So, Gail 
was born on July 22nd of 1959. She was only 13 at the time of her disappearance. Oh, so she just hit teen. She just hit her teen years, yes. And that's just even harder because, you know, dang, everybody loves that age. Like, you're turning into a teenager. You mm-hmm. feel so, you know, when you hit 13, you feel, you feel grown. grown. Like, you are grown. Like, yeah. nobody's telling you nothing. Right. You know everything. Yep. You are basically an adult yes. in your mind. Even right. though, in retrospect, now as an adult, you know nothing. Right. Like, you right. are, you know nothing. You're knee-high to a grasshopper, as right. Granny would say. But, right. that's not how you feel. Right. I mean, a 13-year-old girl, like, shit. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the shit, okay? Right. And to think she lived like lakefront in Florida. So, I mean, I can't imagine. I never got to live the beach life. Well, it was a lake life near Tampa, but still in the Bay. Florida. Still, I mean, was known to go into the lake swimming. I can't be swimming in no lakes in Florida. I cannot be. No, in Kentucky, I will take on that Mm -hmm. lake and be like, "Mm mm-hmm. I take my chances with the catfish and the muskie, but I ain't messing with the alligators. No, Can't do it. That's definitely alligator water. When I heard this, I said, people be swimming down there? What in the, they brave. In Louisiana, they do too. They brave. Mm-mm. They be swimming knowing there's alligators right out there in the water. They brave. Like, you are a different kind of people. You, you are brave people, and um, I'm scared of you. Um, yeah, I'm scared of you because I'm not scared of you, but I'm scared of the alligators. I no, I'm scared of them because they changed. they a whole level of brave. I ain't brave. Like yeah. I can't mess with the alligators. No, thank you. So, like I said, Jill was a um a Caucasian female. She was 13 years old. She was roughly five foot tall and 100 pounds. So a little thing, mm-hmm. a little thing. On the day she went missing, she was wearing a navy pullover with um white stripes on it and a pair of Levi's jeans and no shoes. True to a true Southern girl because while up here in most of the time in september it's hit or miss with us Mm -hmm. but on this day in september it was a friday night after school school had only been in for a few weeks it was a friday night she came home from school she had a sandwich she talked to her mom and her dad and her sister um she made her dad a glass of sweet tea Mm -hmm. as she ate her sandwich and just you know chit-chatting around Mm -hmm. And around 5 o'clock, she decided that she was going to go out and take her pet raccoon, Bandit. What? what? Who? Who else has a raccoon named Bandit growing up? Shut wow. up. Her pet raccoon, Bandit. When I read that, I was like, shut up. I was like, oh, my God, Michael. This girl has a pet raccoon named Bandit. And he was like, and? I was like, so did we. Right. So did we forever. She was the best. It was like a cat that was a raccoon. I don't think people know the hype until they have one. I don't think so either. I don't think they know how cool it is to have a pet raccoon. But I'm just in these questions like, I know how we obtained our raccoon, but I'm in this I'm like, probably the same. Possibly, but I'm like, how she got her raccoon? Like, same I wonder way. how she got hers. Like, but I just love it. And just like we would, like all these questions right. about your pet. And she was known every day when it was warm and, you know, mm-hmm. they were back in Florida, she would put the leash on him. And they would go for a walk. Been there, done those things with, I just love to watch her run around the house. Me personally, I just like to, she was just so mischievous, but that's what she would do. And she was so proud, just like any of us would have been or were of her, of Bandit. Mm -hmm. And she loved to just show her off. She loved all the attention it got because think about it. It'd be next level. I mean, I saw someone walking their cat the other day and I was like, 
never seen that before. But if I seen somebody walking the raccoon in the neighborhood, I'm definitely questioning this. I'm gonna ask Can if I can pet it. I'm gonna be about this life. Like you know, when Dee had the girlfriend that had a skunk, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be about this life. Right. Like I'll, 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 can we be friends? Right. So that's what she did. Ate her sandwich, talked to her parents, took Bandit, going for a walk. Hmm. She didn't even have her shoes on because, like I said, she's walking around. Her she's neighbor. walking. She has she has a little like a little a few dollars with her because she had mentioned to her parents she may stop off at like the local little convenient beach store uh-huh. on the way. And um, other than that, she's just gonna do what she does. Like I said, every day she walks around the lake. Mm-hmm. She's known to like to like catch the little fish by help Bandit catch mm-hmm. the little fish for him to snack on oh. by the lake, skip rocks, like just normal 13-year-old right. Southern Florida things. Right. With with the raccoon though. Right. With the raccoon. And I just I it see was, people take their hedgehogs outside and play with them. Marissa's like, I don't know if I can Why play. does mine have to act like me and be a grouch and antisocial? It won't let you play with it? Like, she'll let me get her out and hold her for a little bit. And then she's like, eh, I'm done. Let me go back to sleep. Like, oh, we so should have named her sleep a lot. Sleeping Beauty because that's all she does. Sleep. Is literally sleep. You might hear her during the day very rarely wake up to eat. And then she's right back to sleep. Well, I would have to say that I'm betting her band. It was a lot like ours. And probably. Like, Woo, let's go. Probably on the go. So, um. Gail was born to her parents, James and Francis. And Francis went as Fran, so we'll call her Fran. To um, James and Fran. And as I said, she had six siblings. So her parents had seven in total. Mm. Jill was number five. Wow. So, but she was only the second girl. So they had five boys and two girls. Mm. So when they, when Jill, this is, I mean, Gail. We're going to have to edit that out because that is horrible. When Gail disappeared, <laughs> um, it, her father just talks about the heartbreak mm-hmm. of losing your youngest daughter. Oh. Losing a child, but it was also his baby girl. Oh, okay. So the other girl were, was, was older. Was older, yes. Because oh, okay. Jill was five, and then after her, the um, two, two more boys that were younger than her. So she got abandoned. They're going out the door. Mm-hmm. She actually asked her sister if she wanted, her sister Linda, mm-hmm. if she wanted to come along mm-hmm. with her on the walk. But Linda had already been out that day mm-hmm. walking around before because she had got out of school, I think, earlier. And mm-hmm. she'd already been for a walk. And she just wanted to kind of, she's relax. a teen, she's older. She's a couple years older. She's mm-hmm. a teenager. She's got her own things. Right. She's trying to make phone calls, talk to her friends. It's Friday night. Mm-hmm. She's just going to stay at home for right now. Yeah. Which wasn't uncommon because right. sometimes some of the siblings would go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she would just go all by herself. All right. To just her and bandit. So, that's what she did. So, but she was supposed to be back. Mm-hmm. By 545. 5.30, 5.45. Mm-hmm. And so, it came and went. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't back yet. And I thought, well, that's okay. At first, they didn't think about it. But she was always back by dinner. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't. At first, they kind of were like, well, that's odd. But they thought, okay, well, she's got Bandit with her, and people get his attention, mm-hmm. and she just loves to boast about him and go mm-hmm. on and on about, you know, everything yeah. about him and answer questions forever, and all mm-hmm. the neighborhood kids liked him, of course. Mm-hmm. So she probably just got held up. So they wait a little bit. Go ahead and feed the other kids. You know, her mom, Fran, mm-hmm. is getting really nervous. She's like, this isn't like her. And then it starts to creep in that it's getting dark. Well... She may have had a pet raccoon and walked around Florida barefoot and then swam with alligators, but she was definitely scared of the dark. Oh. So her parents knew 
Something was she bad. was not going to be outside in the dark. Right. When the dark 30 came, right. she would have been in the house. Right. And she wasn't. So her parents still like, not, you know, this was a time before stranger danger. This is not 72. It's just when it's starting and everything. People mm -hmm. are getting to, you know, I more. I just can't wrap my mind around stranger danger never being around. Ooh. I just can't. It I just can't wasn't. It's because we were raised it. with it. So they're, I mean, think about it. We're not going to let our 13 year old go walk around the lake now. Heck oh, no. no. I mean, I'd be nervous if my 18 year old walks yeah, no. anywhere and I, and he's grown. Yeah. But it wasn't. So they're still not thinking the worst. They are still thinking she's distracted. She's wandered wired. off like a little bit something like relaxed. that. And um, so the family that is home, the mm -hmm. siblings that are home, their parents, they load into their car and, and they're going to drive around the lake and they're going to find her, right? Mm -hmm. So they drive around the lake, but they don't see any sign of her at all. So um, at this point, it is near dark. Like it is, there's something is wrong right. because she would be home. Right. So James, at this point, makes the call that he's going to call the local volunteer fire mm -hmm. department and see if they will help them yeah. search. I don't know in my mind why you would call the, the fire, fire department before the sheriff's office, but I don't know there. I don't, I don't know how things worked in 1972. Yeah, I don't know. And at this point, they were still working on the premises that she had just wandered off, maybe got lost because you see Gail's family, well, her and her siblings were born in florida in the mm -hmm. tampa area and her dad was actually from that area mm -hmm. her mother wasn't her mother was from right outside detroit mm -hmm. so i don't know at what period it didn't give us a definite date to mm -hmm. when but at some point her dad actually moved to the home state of michigan of her mother mm -hmm. near detroit and he took a job at an automotive company because you know that's where the money was then right. and um but in march of that year when she was 12 mm -hmm. they had moved back to the Tampa area following um, her dad, James had had an accident at work mm -hmm. and he actually had something fall on his foot mm -hmm. at the automotive plant and actually severed a few of his toes. So it was a pretty oh. detrimental injury. Right. And it was an injury that obviously ended him being able to work right. there. So he was on disability temporarily mm -hmm. and he needed surgeries and yeah. it's better to recover in Warmer sunny Florida. Time. So then they moved and his parents were, so they moved back. Right. To where, and you, the kids obviously right. were everybody, you know, including Gail was like, yes. Cause right. you know, that's what they were used to. They were in Michigan for a short period. Right. So they were moving back home to where their right. friends were, to where the sunshine was. Right. Like when you compare weather in Michigan to weather in Southern Florida. Right. right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some people would not like it, but um, I'm going to Florida too. Yeah. Going to Florida too. That's just... So, with his disability, it was just the best thing to do. Right. So, they call the fire department. The fire department immediately responds, and they start looking. And they're searching, and they, can, they can't find her. I know so, at that point, the fire department says, okay, it's time that we call the sheriff. So, they call the sheriff's office, and the sheriff's office comes right out, and they begin a search that night. Mm -hmm. Because they are also, at first, I mean... You know, they always have the, well, she ran away theory. Right. And of course they have to ask these questions, but it is said by the family that the police asked the questions, but they dismissed that she had ran away mm -hmm. very quickly for multiple reasons. Number one, she was happy in Florida to be back in Florida. Mm -hmm. It's not like she was mad and wanted to go right. back to Michigan. No, right. she was thrilled to be back. Right. 
with her friends in Florida. She was in middle school. She was already made a bunch of new friends. She was a really social, she was a social butterfly. Mm -hmm. Like she was just one of those bubbly people that can make friends everywhere. She was me. Like she's going to talk to a stranger. Right. Stranger danger. But but that's what she's going to do. Like she's just a social person and she's friendly. So not you. Nope. So that's what, so there's just, and then also think about the fact she had invited her sister Linda to come along. Which, you know, had to kill Linda, the fact that she didn't go. And it's been said that Linda for years has struggled with the fact that if I would have went, if I would have just went with her, Mm -hmm. maybe this wouldn't have happened. happened. But also, I think for Linda's sake, she needs to think of what if I would have went with her? What if it had happened to both of us? And my parents could have lost both our daughters that day. I don't know. I think the guilt of... The guilt of not going... outweighs... The other possibility. I'm sure. At least to, in my brain. You no, know, to me, to me, that would be a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. And she absolutely has no fault because right. she, how could, you could not know right. that. Yeah. There is no way you could ever know mm-hmm. what was to be. So sadly though, sheriff's office, fire department, family, even lots of friends and even strangers from the area start, started the search for her that night. They're searching the woods because they're thinking, okay, she's got, you know, she's so, been back here a couple months, but even though she was familiar to the area, we already know if you're deep in the woods yeah. wandering around with the raccoon, it you could get twisted right. and turned. Right. right. You know, you could have had an accident, you could have fallen. Do you know what I'm saying? Like anything could have happened to where you need a little help. So does it give a time frame of when they start like the police start searching? Like so the family that, started like, searching. Idea? Okay, so around six, the family's going out. Okay. Around six thirty, mm-hmm. they've called the fire department. Okay. They search for about an hour. Mm-hmm. And then they're still getting nowhere. Oh. So they make the decision to call in the sheriff's office and they begin the search and they also get, you know, volunteers right. from the neighborhood. So we got at least two and a half, three hours. Somewhere I would think between two hours and three, maybe an hour and a half, depending. Cause you know, sometimes like, the timeline's yeah, a little fuzzy in different articles, but yeah. so an hour and a half to three hours, let's just leave right. it kind of broad right. that whatever's happened has been. That's a long time. For it, but they didn't expect her back for almost an hour. And when she was 30 minutes late, I think that's a pretty good reaction for your 13-year-old. Her parents immediately knew, even with all these other kids, like, I need... So, to me, kudos to James and Fran, because they knew immediately, this is not our daughter, and something is wrong. And I think the fact they were so abdomen, Mm -hmm. and she was also said to be very close with one of her brothers, Terry, Uh who was close in her age. And after talking with him, the police just completely dismissed the idea that she was a runaway. Like, day two, dismissed. So they search all night and sadly they come up with nothing. So they have to call the search in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and they have just said they need to reset because at this point they're thinking this is no longer a recovery yeah. for a missing child. I mean, for a lost child, this is an abduction. Like an they are starting to suspect foul play at that point. Cause they have already in their mind, kudos to mm-hmm. the sheriff's department ruled out like this child did not run away. Right. If she's not in this area and we have searched and searched and searched mm-hmm. for hours at this point, cause they search well into the night. Right. We need to regroup. We need to get a station set up. We need to get organized Mm -hmm. because maybe she was abducted and she's further away than we think. So that's what they did. So the 8 a.m. they Mm -hmm. resume the search. They use the sheriff's department's helicopter. One of the searchers brings, um, they have searchers come in. They have volunteer search teams come in. Mm -hmm. They even bring, one of the search teams brings their bloodhounds in. So did they ever find any trace of like bandit, the leash? No, I'm going to get to it. So Um, they, I was like, it's a coming. So they bring the bloodhounds in. mm -hmm. The bloodhounds actually tracked her, which was 
repeatedly. Mm -hmm. They would bring them back to see if they could get a different scent. And the bloodhounds, every time, both dogs, even mm -hmm. if brought separately to the area, right. would track her to an area near across the street from her house. And then they would just lose her, which made the cops think, look, she got into a car. So they don't know. Well, Amelia Ford's place she got into Yeah, car. so they don't know. If, but it, to me, it would have to be forcibly. Because if it was so close to her house, you wouldn't take a ride. I don't think you would take a ride. That's what I'm saying. It had to be forced. Like, okay, so if they're saying it was very close to her house where the dogs were losing right. it, like nearly across the street almost. Mm. But it also is said there were witnesses that saw her that afternoon mm. several times. There was actually a ton of witnesses. Say, was there no people that seen her? Actually, there was. There or were a ton of witnesses. Time. There was like 11 people, 11 witnesses to seeing her that afternoon around the light. Because like I said, this is not late at night. This is a, uh, what, Friday night? Mm -hmm. five o'clock you're coming home from work you're cooking dinner your kids are playing like right. people are out and about right two people had reported seeing her along the route and they have gave the specific locations mm -hmm. that they saw her like one was at like 5 30 then another person reported at like 7 30 but they never could nail down if that time is correct because she would have already been well past the time she was expected yeah. home and her parents had already been driving around yeah so but the one person that the family knew an older right. gentleman gave a specific detail mm -hmm. and they were able to say yeah he saw her yeah um, the other nine people had seen her that day mm -hmm. near a wooded area mm -hmm. along the lake mm -hmm. talking to a man in a white car. And this mm -hmm. car was said to be like a 60s model, early 60s model Chevy 2. I didn't know what a Chevy 2 was. So I had to look mm -hmm. it up. It's because it doesn't exist. A few years later, That's they changed off. the name of it and relabeled it mm -hmm. like they do cars. And it's the Chevy Nova is what we oh, would have okay. knew it as. So white Chevy Nova, early 60s. And um, she's said to be talking to a man. And it's around this early, like, late early, late 20s early 30s uh -huh. and he had short brown hair uh -huh. medium build tanned dark complexion and long sideburns true to the 70s uh -huh. so short hair long sideburns oh, yeah. and um but sadly even though nine people at least saw her uh -huh. that came forward outside this car no one saw her get in the car but they did notice and observe a few of them after the car was gone uh -huh. she was she gone. was gone but they can't say definitively that like, that was that him. he put her in the car. Yeah. Because they didn't no one saw him get in the car. Mm -hmm. It was just very strange that he was there. He was there him. talking to her. And, was and it and made my mind goes to and her dad says says that he believes the bandit was the key to this. Because like I said, she was so proud yeah. of him and she just loved yeah. to show him off. And she was so friendly when it came mm -hmm. to him. She was very known to answer questions so this person mm -hmm. that you typically wouldn't trust yeah. could have gained her trust through him right. i mean he could have he could have obviously forced her in the car mm -hmm. quickly mm -hmm. he could have took the raccoon mm -hmm. and threatened to hurt it if she didn't get in the car mm -hmm. i mean because if someone took caroline and threatened to hurt her like i'm gonna comply like you have my kid like i'm going to do what you want me to do i don't want you to kill my dog i don't want you to kill my dog but you can have a hedgehog i'll stay with my child I'm just, I'm take, going, when it comes Kofi. to Carol, I am going to comply take because Kofi. there is no way that you are going to hurt my dog and me willingly watch it. No, well, absolutely not. I have a little bit of different circumstance. If you want to get bold, have at it. Be my guest. I'm taking my chances, but they got to get Carol first and she's going to eat them alive. Good news is my dog is prone to violence when it comes to people being near me, so... He wouldn't have let her pet him to begin with. Right. So, um, 
anyway, so no one saw us. So now let's talk about some things that could have happened. We already talked about he could have. One thing is he could have abducted her mm-hmm. because he, you know, he could have forced her. He could have mm-hmm. tricked her. He could have even said something as nonchalant as, oh, my God, I have a pet raccoon at That's home. What I was thinking. Do you want to go? Like, oh, my God, they could play together. Has right he ever? It's just right up the street. Yeah. I was actually coming down here to look for some fish for her. You know, yep. like, we should introduce them. Yep. 13, naive, loving raccoons. Yep. Who's just, I shouldn't just willingly get in the right. park. That's what I was But thinking. And you're going to his house. So you're not going to think anything about it. Yeah. And then when you get there, for a grown man to overpower a 100-pound 13-year-old yep. girl would be nothing. Yeah. So that was one. And they, they did extensive searches continuing into the weekend. Like it is said that up to 200 people searched. They used, like I said, the sheriff's department's helicopters. They mm-hmm. used bloodhounds. They used horses. They used boats to search the lake. Mm-hmm. Divers, like everything that could be like, they were calling right. out the shots all the to all the resources they had in that time. They were going to get in the days to come. The police department would even go so far as their deputies collecting raccoon carcasses that were found deceased oh, I'm trying to see, to if, see if it was bandit because her parents felt like they could identify him because he had suffered some burns when he was really mm-hmm. young mm-hmm. in an accident to his feet and they had caused a scar and he had a scar like a scrape on his nose mm-hmm. and they thought like we they could if, well he'll know us you know right. you know our record yeah. like you know like they'll know you and i'll know them yeah so they went as far as to gathering 17 wow. in the in that area in the surrounding area even mm-hmm. counties wow. that someone called in raccoon carcasses to take to the family to see if anyone could identify bandit so when i say they were trying they, so they really never found bandit. they never found any trace of bandit not mm-hmm. a leash not a collar no no clothing of hers because like i said she didn't have anything but maybe a little bit of, a, like a dollar or two maybe right. for the store and her jeans and her pullover right like that's all she had yeah mm. so that was another thing like no way you run away with nothing right you love your raccoon you're gonna at least make sure you feed it right So another one. Okay, so please dismiss the runaway. Mm-hmm. They at this point do not believe she is lost. She's they believe she's abducted. They're still searching though, mm-hmm. and they really can't find anything mm-hmm. at, to one way or another definitively give a clue. A month after her disappearance, her father would say that in quote. Um, he still drove around the lake looking for her. He was said to put thousands of miles on the car, looking in this little six mile radius day in and day out. Cause you got to think he's on disability right now mm-hmm. because he needs a surgery that he time. will not have because he has put it off because he said it's canceled his surgery for now. It's going to be what it's going to be because he cannot be laid up in the bed. We're trying to recover when he needs to be out there trying to find his daughter. So like me cancel all my surgeries yes. do everything. <laughs> so he said he's out there driving every day, all day long this the entire month after her disappearance because he said i don't even know what i'm looking for anymore but i'm looking i'm just looking for something in anything yeah and then her mother would go on to say in this same article that i will link up in a month after her disappearance we live and this is a quote we live in constant fear of somebody coming to the door with bad news i've imagined that someone's got her on drugs and every kind of horrible thing you can see and end quote also, this was very, like I said, very traumatic on her mm-hmm. family and her parents. Um, her parents actually banned their children, any of their other children, no matter their age, from walking alone right. by their, like, near, no. Um, they actually, both her parents had to be medicated. Actual, like, they came out said tranquilizers mm-hmm. and sleeping pills 
because imagine. they couldn't close their eyes like, without thinking cope. about oh my god where is she like what are they doing to her is she alive is she like it just anxiety they yeah they just couldn't anxiety ptsd the normal all the, things all the above all of the above traumatic I mean, event all the above like it's just and like i said she's got all these they have all these other kids mm-hmm. and they're trying to do the best they can they're trying to soothe them right. and the dad's you know has yeah. this horrible injury that i mean he's got toes severed right it's not like he just has a smashed foot so he's that was just but sadly time would go on and years would pass and then decades would pass and here mm-hmm. we are 50 years later are they are they still alive the parents or no they have not, and I will give you the dates on that at the mm-hmm. end. So let's talk about a few people that were suspected of the abduction, mm-hmm. or that actually three people actually came forward and confessed mm. to the murders, but they never found. They out. never like could connect them and get like an actual like evidence. definitive evidence to say they did. So one of the first was Matt. I would call them sickos, ass clowns. Like, you know, pawn scum? These mm-hmm. two people We're are six below. levels below pawn. Six levels below pawn scum, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like the cow shit stinking pawn scum, okay? Mm-hmm. Like the disgusting hot July summer. It's rank. It's rank. And they're six levels below that. And these sickos would be Johnny Paul Witt. Why do we always got to have three names like that? Johnny Paul. Johnny Paul! Witt. Which does not sound as cute. Johnny Paul does not sound as nearly as cute when you find out what this sick bastard did so oh johnny paul and his 19 year old accomplice gary tillman were said to be out that this day looking and it was a couple months after like in november so mm-hmm. it wasn't long september then november this right. happened same area right two months later yes same area um it was said that they all later confessed one of them did mm-hmm. gary did to that they were out that day looking for a child to abduct. And they did. The only difference is on that day, they abducted an 11, a 12-year-old boy. Who does that? A 12-year-old boy. Weirdos. They abducted 12-year-old Jonathan Kushner, and he was the son, actually, of a dean at the University of South Florida. He was just, he left his house that day to go to the local convenience store, which is a block or two away, to get him and his brother some candy. Who does that sound like? Or other things. Yes. To get, went across the street to get candy. Yep. And she's gone. And she's gone. And that face still taunts him. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what he did. Like, he literally went to the convenience store on his bike to get his brother, his younger brother, and him some candy. Well, I can't even step inside so, my door. the sickos, Wit and Tillman, um, abducted, sexually abused, and murdered Jonathan that day. Oh, you get even sicker. They do. They do. Um, John Paul, he was actually found guilty of this. Um, even though he, till the end, drug it out. No, uh, no, no, no. Um, Tillman was actually diagnosed schizophrenic, and he admitted, I did it. Part. I did it. And he's mm-hmm. actually, he was sentenced. They were both sentenced right. to life, and he just right. took a sentence, though. No trial. Right. Like, I, I played my part in right. this. This is what I did. Even though he didn't, um, can even though Wit, yeah. I forgot his name, sorry, guys. Wit didn't, he was still found guilty, mm-hmm. life in prison. Right. Like, you or actually, I think he was executed also. I forgot the date on that to write it down, but I think he was executed also. 
at just like Santos. I know Santos actually going back to him was executed in mm-hmm. 1998 for his crimes. Mm-hmm. And at least the ones they could right. definitively charge him right. with. Like I said, there are so many more and we'll do an episode on him and his victims because they just, it was just, oh my goodness. And then remember how I said there were three. So yeah. Santos, the two, weirdos. the two, the two men mm-hmm. actually, they were just suspected of it. There was never a definitive like tie them to it. They, they just became a suspect, but it was very quickly ruled out and they that didn't. they did not have anything right. to do with her. So there were two others, mm-hmm. but sadly, those names have never made public besides Santos confession. And then the suspect they had that wasn't linked at all. Yeah. Um, poor Jonathan's murderers. They were mm-hmm. never able to link to Gail, but there were two other ones. And they never that the police, but they never released their names or any information. So you know why they never do that? Because we, we're because so, still working. They're the still case. working on. They don't. They they will tell you like mm-hmm. it's a cold case, mm-hmm. but it's still but an open not. case that they're and they can't. Maybe they don't have enough evidence. Mm-hmm. That's what we're thinking. Like maybe they think these two people could really be it, one of them, they and they don't. don't have just that smoking gun yet. Right. And yes, it has been fifty years. Okay? And they don't want to pull the trigger. It has but... been exactly. It has been fifty years, mm-hmm. but. There is always hope right. that someone could know something. And as I said at the very beginning of this, mm-hmm. even if these people are deceased, and sadly her parents have de- her pa- have passed, her um her mom has passed, her dad has passed. She's in the same area, she does. And um, three of her brothers have since passed. Mm-hmm. One of her brothers sadly passed only two years after her. How sad is that? Or it didn't, it didn't, it didn't say, say, but I was just like, her poor parents. So one child's missing, and another one passes. It's two years after this disappearance, another child passes. I was like, oh my goodness, that's just so bad for them. But still, she still has more siblings right. and nieces and nephews and family right. that is out there, and they deserve to know. Mm-hmm. I would like to believe that her family that mm-hmm. has passed, her parents and her brothers, that have they passed. They already know. know. I ho- they've got their, I would like, the way I believe they've got right. their closure. They have their answers. Mm-hmm. They're with her again. Mm-hmm. But her siblings that are here, mm-hmm. her sister, she deserves to know mm-hmm. what happened. Because even 50 years later, the guilt she still feels mm-hmm. for not going with. And I can see that. Like, right. if something would have happened to you, yeah. and you would ask me to come, mm-hmm. I just don't know how I could go on. Like, right. if you had said, hey, will you go with me? And I was like, nah, I'm just going to lay here. And then something happened to you, and you yeah. didn't come home. Like, I would just Right. lose my freaking mind i think I, I wouldn't call it survivor's guilt but it's almost like it survivor's. is survivor's guilt it like, really is it's like if i would have done this yeah. different like yeah. what could have changed about this yeah like what could i have done differently mm-hmm. to make this change another theory though on the thing is back to abduction the last one that i found was what if it was someone she knew what if it was maybe the white car drove maybe the white car was someone she knew Maybe the white car just drove off and then she ran into someone walking back toward her house mm-hmm. where the dogs were headed with right. this trail that she knew. And because, you know, like her parents had said, like she was, Gail was a very, very social. friendly, social child. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't meet a stranger, mm-hmm. especially that raccoon. She would take up a talk with them. Also think about it. She was new in the school mm-hmm. system. She only been to school about six weeks. You know, school just started. Mm-hmm. What if she became friendly with a teacher or a custodian or a staff member, a support staff, mm-hmm. someone at that school, and they had been making friendly with her for mm-hmm. this past month or two? Really? She wouldn't grooming her. She they wouldn't be a stranger. She could have. They could have said, "Hey, 
you know, she could have said something to them after talking to him, like, hey, it's getting late. I got to hurry up and get back. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to get dark. Oh, right, well, why don't you just hop in the car and I'll give you a ride? Right. It could have been as innocently as that. And she thought she could trust them because she knew them. Yeah, that's what we're going through right now. Stranger danger with my, you with know, the, with sis. And like I said, they hounded out flyers. Her parents never, her ever, ever stopped looking for her. Um, ever. One strange thing, and I, it did turn out not to be her. But I just wanted to say it in the case because I had to follow out what was going on with this. One woman came near forward during the investigation and said that near an orange grove during this whole first month in search for her, she had saw a young girl between 12 and 14 that was completely nude except for newspapers that seemed to be wrapped around her and her hands seemed to also be bound behind her back through running through the orange grove. Now, my mind goes to this. Why would you not go to the child? That is what I'm saying. What you come forward and say this, but my thing is immediately, immediately. Why are you not? I get it before nine one one, but why right. are you not calling the cops? Right. Me, if I see a young child naked, I'm going. Right. Like yeah, I am right. running to you, yeah. and I can't, and I don't like to run, but I'm still coming. Right. Right. I, that just blew my mind. Now it turns out they did the police. They like I said, they digitally worked all the leads. Mm -hmm. They did track her down and she's actually with a 12 year old runaway from a juvenile facility why was she in newspapers i'm assuming she probably ditched her clothes? uniform her prison clothes so she oh wouldn't look God. like a you know a runaway wow but i'm like that's what i said wow 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 you are on some next level girl i'm telling you between the the santos the other sicko suspects and poor jonathan the nude girl mm -hmm. i'm they did her parents literally her dad drove around and looked for her until the end her mother years 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 decades later would give an interview and say that to this day or to that day mm -hmm. she would still when she drove around the lake look and just expect gail to run out of the woods at any minute or she would expect the phone to ring and it to be gail and say like you just hey it's me come and get me this is where i am and this is decades later because like her mother said, in her mind, mm -hmm. she knew her daughter was no longer here. But in her heart, she yeah. just had to hold on to that mm -hmm. hope that Gail was out there and that one day she would come back. Mm -hmm. That maybe some sicko had her and that mm -hmm. she would she get away. Get and, you know, yeah. even 20, 30 years later, like she would get her baby back. Right. But sadly, that wouldn't her parents, like mm -hmm. I said, would pass without ever getting their daughter. Closure on earth. The closure on earth to what really happened to their daughter. So... I'm going to give the description of Gail one more time, though. So, on the day she went missing, it was a hot, it was in her 80 that day, in okay. September 22nd of 72. Like, it was a warm day. So, she didn't have any shoes on. Mm -hmm. She had Levi's Brands jeans, a pull, a navy pullover with white stripes, mm -hmm. and a telltale sign is she had no shoes and a raccoon. How many people are walking around with a raccoon? Right. Even in the 70s, I would have to think that is not a common thing. Right. right. That is not a common thing to be walking around with your raccoon. Right. This one, like I said, you know me, so many when questions. I'm searching, well, what questions do you have? Let's talk about I don't it before think you, I don't think you can. I know, but maybe someone can, maybe some, I mean, like, I, I spent this week when I was gone researching this case. Mm -hmm. Um, but was there any known sex offenders in that area? They did was... actually. I'm sorry, I should have touched on that. They did interview everyone that was in the area. They tracked mm -hmm. down every sex offender mm -hmm. and known pedophile mm -hmm. and collected their alibis mm -hmm. and definitively searched through every one of them. Mm -hmm. 
they gave out flyers, uh, even colored flyers, which was still a big deal back then, right. to do color printed flyers, right. and not just in their county, but like in surrounding right. counties. Like hundreds of flyers mm-hmm. were donated. Did they go to, to like the surrounding counties? They did. And do like interviews with those sex offenders? I don't know if they did that. I know within a because huge you know a area. Of- yeah, I know within a huge area they did. And they also distributed her flyers to every law enforcement agency in the East Coast mm-hmm. and South. And did the parents know anyone with that description of a car? They did not. No one. description in the neighborhood? That's what I was going to say. No one could ever link this car into their neighborhood. It wasn't like a known neighbor. It wasn't like, okay, they live three streets over. Because this was a close-knit lake neighborhood. You have to think like they lived around the lake. It was a close-knit neighborhood. Um, Her dad was grew up in the area. Right. And um, she knew the area. Her family was well-known there. And the guy didn't look familiar. And no one could place that. That if it was a he sh- took her, it was from a different county. Yeah, that's what makes me think it was a stranger. Weirdo. I get the grooming thing, yeah. and I get that less than 1% right. of abductions are, are stranger known. abductions, right. but there's that 1%. Yeah. Was Jill that 1%? Right. I mean, because to me, she, you don't just disappear. Yeah. Mm-mm. You do not just disappear without right. warning. Yeah. So that is the sad, sad case of Jill mm. Jonah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. That is Gail. Well, I said it. That is the sad, sad case of Gail Joner. It was a hard one. Yeah. It was a hard one. Um, you guys know that when I'm researching a case, I'm sure you can see the pattern. I know Marissa knows this. Yeah. Like, I have to feel it. Like, I've got a note. Marissa can attest to my yeah. notebooks full of cases I've got right. started. But to me, like, even though I've started them mm-hmm. and I'm really, like, I don't know. I feel like there's a time right. and I do the one that's calling to me. Right. I do the one that that week that I feel the biggest connection yeah. to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you look back at all my cases, like personal connections, mm-hmm. something I could relate to, like mm-hmm. just, right. She had a pair of who with the same name as ours. Mm-hmm. She was cute, brown hair, light eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. she could have been any of us. Mm-hmm. She was doing what, she wasn't doing anything dangerous. She wasn't living a dangerous lifestyle. She was looking at her own damn neighborhood. And we all know that I am a huge advocate for the fact that females should be able to walk in their fucking neighborhood and be safe. We should feel safe in our neighborhood and not have to worry about being kidnapped or raped or or horrible things happening to us. We should be able to walk in our damn neighborhood. Clearly, that's a sensitive subject for me, as Marissa knows. Not happening. Marissa does not like me walking alone after my little incidents. We'll call them incidents. I don't walk now. Maybe with my husband in tow, but that's about it. As far as I ever adventure as a park. Yeah. And I mean, okay, but think about it, Marissa. Now think about it. I am on high alert. You know, I have my fanny pack. I have usually, typically I have my fanny pack. I have the dogs with me a lot. I have my pepper spray. Yeah, that's not enough for me. But that one day, if you remember the last time that someone followed me and it was very sketchy, I was in my sister's neighborhood. I told you not to be walking in that neighborhood. It's not a bad neighborhood. It's It's not not a bad neighborhood, but there are... There are bad, that's not a bad neighborhood, but there are known people there's, in the neighborhood that are not the most upstanding. And and there's always weird people that don't even live in that neighborhood. Walking around that neighborhood. That are walking day and night. She like, just didn't like, but I thought, and that is the one day also, I did have the dogs with me, thank yeah. God. I had, only thing I had, you guys, I had forgot my fanny pack and I was like, I'll forget it. I'll just leave my keys at my sister's yeah. house. My car's here. I'll just left my car, my keys and everything at my sister. I had my phone, my dogs, and a bag of poop. Yeah. Like, and yeah. then I had to call Marissa in a full panic. 
Yeah. Because you Figure guys, it was, pro- it was the only the second time that I was ever that scared. The first time was at the park in Lawrenceburg, if you remember, yeah. and the guy chased me. Like, yeah. it was horrible. Yeah, no. Um, that was just, oh, my God, that was horrible. And But this last time, equally as scary, equally as scary. Yeah, those people were in my neighborhood. They're very close. He did not have good intentions and until he thought you were coming to where i was mm-hmm. and i was close to your house that you could see me mm-hmm. he was not deterring i mean oh, he no. followed me to the end of the street before mm-hmm. he turned the other way still yeah no it was just it was awful so stay vigilant ladies but we do have the right to walk to run to do whatever the fuck we want to outside and be safe people teach your children that they do not have a right whether Trying they are male it. or female to accost someone and harass them when they are just trying to live their best fucking life and lose the winter 15. So that is my public service announcement and my rant. <laughs> As the warm weather kicks in and I begin my um, loving to go for a walk with the dogs. Because yeah. y'all, I'm a warm weather creature and I can't be outside walking around. They dog, they got a yard. Well, on a warm day, I take you, but I can't be outside in 12 degrees. Mm-mm. And besides, my dogs is wimps. They don't even want to go outside when it rains. <laughs> they, are, they are their mother's child. So, on that note, we have an episode. We have two dropping today. Yep. We have two dropping by Thursday. Yep. And then we are completely, completely for once. I know we keep saying we're going to get called up, you guys. It's not, I swear to God, it's not from lack of trying. No. We really are trying to get called up. We really, really are trying. But, man, it's like we get hit. Bam, bam, bam. Yep. But, if you loved our episode today, I I mean, come on. I know it was a sad one. But I told a good story. Right. I was entertaining. Right. As entertaining as you can be about a gloomy, droomy subject. Mm, yeah. I mean, I talked about my cute dogs. If nothing else, Marissa talked about Hershey, yeah. the hedgehog. Hershey, We've the got hedgehog. Preston the rabbit in the studio with us today here hanging out, making noise. So if you heard him, that would be Preston. Yeah. Looking at me like, well, you see my name. You see my name, Mom. He's like, I'm over you. He's like, I'm over you. I'm trying to take a nap. Will you two shut up? Right. So, if you do, would you leave us a review? And honestly, guys, the best, absolute best way you can help us spread the word and get the word out in these cases, because you guys know how vigilant I am and how obsessed I am. And I do this because I believe that everyone needs justice. Everybody deserves to know what happened to their family. Because as I said, and Marissa said, there's a whole new level of pain Mm -hmm. to not knowing what happened to your son, your daughter, your brother, your Mm -hmm. mother. Like, whoever that may be, and if you guys have honed in, I have this special place in my heart for kids because I just can't imagine no. not knowing where one of my boys were. No. So I want everybody to know where their babies are. Right. So as we say every time, mm-hmm. and we will continue to say, if you see it, speak on it. Right. If you see it, say something. It is better to overreact than to underreact. Right. So what? You call the police department and it is a false alarm. Who cares? Right. So what? You see someone struggling with a kid. And then the parent cusses you out. You don't know these people. Why do you care? It's like when you, it's the rule. When you go on vacation, act as foolish as you want. You don't know these people. Right. So overreact is always better than underreacting. Speak up. Mm -hmm. Stay vigilant, people. It's summertime. And you know, we all get itchy Mm -hmm. as summer and spring are attaching. And I'm sure that so do the sickos. Right. So, like I said, the best way is to share us, share us, share us, share us with your friends. Right. Text us to all your friends and be like, Hey, you have to listen to these crazy bitches. Right. Like you have to listen to these crazy bitches. They're hilarious. The cycle sisters. Because we like to tell real ser- stories and we like it to be serious yeah. on the note at least once a week, right. but we try to keep it as lighthearted and try not to take ourselves as serious mm-hmm. as we can. 
Because my thing is, I don't want to tune in and listen to one that's all gloom and doom and there's no upbeat and there's no, like, I want to tell you the story and I want to be serious when I need to be serious. Mm-hmm. But when we're done, like now or before we start, right? Like, you have to tell people, like, listen to these crazy bitches. They will make you laugh. Psycho sisters. Exactly. Maybe that's what we should have been called. Maybe we should have been the psycho sisters. Maybe we should get a slash, like, screen queens hyphen psycho sisters. <gasps> maybe our next pot, we could do, maybe we'll, that's a new trademark, you guys. TM. Our next podcast, Psycho Sisters, and maybe we just completely focus on serial killers. Mm. Now you got me intrigued in all these weird psycho movies that I'm watching. I'm like, this is not good for my anxiety. Let's <laughs> I just can't do it. I cannot do it. So follow us on Instagram at Screen Queens Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Screen Queens Podcast 23. Follow us on YouTube at Screen Queens Podcast 23. And we are working on getting all those episodes uploaded to YouTube. They just yeah. take a lot longer. And forever. I need to help Marissa on that. Also, if you have a case for me that needs a good dive in or you just want to bring, it, like, hey, put her name out here. Because as long as we're still showing up mm-hmm. on Apple when you're searching their name or Google or mm-hmm. Spotify or anywhere you listen to your podcast, this person is still being talked about. They are still right. being remembered. Right. Like, there's always hope. Yep. So if you have one of those cases that you want us to talk about, or if you have a spooky spooky that you want to tell Marissa about, maybe you have this experience, maybe you're a paranormal person yourself and you want to chat with Marissa about some stuff that scares the shit out of me, you can reach us at screamqueenspod at gmail. I'm sorry, my mind blanked (laughs) out, you guys. I haven't taken my meds yet, but I'm about to. So, scream queens pod at gmail and we will see you guys on friday bye Bye. was known to go into the lake swimming i can't be swimming in no lakes in florida i cannot be no in kentucky i will take on that Mm -hmm. lake and be like "Mm -hmm." i take my chances with the catfish and the muskie but i ain't messing with the alligators Mm -mm. can't do it that's definitely alligator water when i heard this i said people be swimming down there what in the they brave in Louisiana, they do too. They brave. Mm-mm. They be swimming, knowing there's alligators right out there in the water. They brave. Like you are a different kind of people. You, you are brave people, and um, I'm scared of you. Um, yeah, I'm scared of you because I'm not scared of you, but I'm scared of the alligators. No, I'm scared of them because they, they they a whole level of brave. I ain't brave. Like yeah. I can't mess with the alligators. No, thank you. So, like I said, a Caucasian female. She was 13 years old. She was roughly. Five foot tall and 100 pounds. So a little thing. Mm-hmm. A little thing. On the day she went missing, she was wearing a navy pullover with um, white stripes on it and a pair of Levi's jeans and no shoes. True to a true Southern girl. So because sounds- while oh up here in most of the time in September, it's hit or miss with us. Mm-hmm. But on this day in September, it was a Friday night mm-hmm. after school. School had only been in for a few weeks. It was a Friday night. She came home from school. She had a sandwich. She talked to her mom and her dad and her sister. Um, she made her gla- dad a glass of sweet tea mm. as she ate her sandwich and just, you know, chit-chatting around. Mm-hmm. And around 5 o'clock, she decided that she was going to go out and take her pet raccoon bandit. What? what? Who? Who else has a raccoon named bandit growing up? Shut wow. up. Her pet raccoon bandit. When I read that, I was like, shut up. I was like, oh, my God, Michael. This girl has a pet raccoon named Bandit. And he was like, and? I was like, so did we! Right? So did we forever! She was the best. It was like a cat that was a raccoon. I don't think people know the hype until they have one. I don't think so either. I don't think they know how cool it is to have a pet raccoon. But I'm just in these questions like, 
I know how we obtained our raccoon, but I'm in this. I'm like probably the same. Possibly, but I'm like, how she got the raccoon? Like, same I wonder way. how she got hers. Like, but I just love it. And just like we would, like all these questions right. about your pet. And she was known every day when it was warm, and you know mm-hmm. they were back in Florida. She would put the leash on him, and, and they would for go a for a walk. And there you go. Been there, done those things with. I just love to watch her run around the house. Me personally, I just like to. She yeah. was just so mischievous, but that's what she would do, and she was so proud, just like any of us would have right. been or were a bit of her of Bandit. Mm-hmm. And she loved to just show her off. She loved all the attention it got because think about it, it'd be next sense. level. If I mean, I saw someone walking their cat the other day, and I was like, never seen that before. But if I yeah. seen somebody walking the raccoon in the neighborhood, I'm definitely questioning this. I'm gonna ask Can if I can pet it. I'm gonna be about this life. Like, you know, when Dee had the girlfriend that had a son, okay. I'm going to be about this life. Right. Like, I'll, I, I, can we be friends? Right. So that's what she did. Ate her sandwich, talked to her parents, took Bandit, going for a walk. Hmm. She didn't even have her shoes on because, like I said. She's walking around. She's neighbor. walking. She has, she has a little, like, a little, a few dollars with her because she had mentioned to her parents she may stop off at, like, the local little convenient beach store uh-huh. on the way. And um, other than that, she's just going to do what she does. Like I said, every day she walks around the lake. Mm-hmm. She's known to like to like catch the little fish by help Bandit catch mm-hmm. the little fish for him to snack on oh. by the lake, skip rocks, like just normal 13-year-old right. Southern Florida things. Right. With with the raccoon though. Right. With the raccoon. And I just I it was, people take their hedgehogs outside and play with them. Marissa's like, I don't know if I can Why play. does mine have to act like me and be a grouch and antisocial? It won't let you play with it. Like, she'll let me get her out and hold her for a little bit. And then she's like, eh, I'm done. Let me go back to sleep. Like, oh, so we should have named her Sleeping Beauty because that's all she does. It is literally sleep. You might hear her during the day very rarely wake up to eat. And then she's right back to sleep. Well, I would have to say that I'm betting her bandit was a lot like ours. And probably, like, woo, let's go. Probably on the go. So, um... Gail was born to her parents, James and Francis. And Francis went as Fran, so we'll call her Fran. To um, James and Fran. And as I said, she had six siblings. So her parents had seven in total. Mm. Jill was number five. So, but she was only the second girl. So they had five boys and two girls. Mm. So when they, when Jill, this is, I mean, Gail. We're going to have to edit that out because that is horrible. When Gail disappeared, <laughs> um, it, her father just talks about the heartbreak mm-hmm. of losing your youngest daughter. Oh. Losing a child, but it was also his baby girl. Oh, okay. So the other girl were, was, was older. Was older, yes. Because oh, okay. Jill was five, and then after her, the um, two, two more boys that were younger than her. So she got abandoned. They're going out the door. Mm-hmm. She actually asked her sister if she wanted, her sister Linda, mm-hmm. if she wanted to come along mm-hmm. with her on the walk. But Linda had already been out that day mm-hmm. walking around before because she had got out of school, I think, earlier. And mm-hmm. she'd already been for a walk. And she just wanted to kind of, she's relax. a teen, she's older. She's a couple years older. She's a teenager. She's got her own things. Right. She's trying to make phone calls, talk to her friends. It's Friday night. Mm-hmm. She's just going to stay at home for right now. Yeah. Which wasn't uncommon because right. sometimes some of the siblings would go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she would just go all by herself. All right. To just her and bandit. So that's what she did. So, but she was supposed to be back mm-hmm. by 5 45, 5 30, 5 45. Mm-hmm. 
And so it came and went. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't back yet. And I thought, well, that's okay. At first, they didn't think about it, but she was always back by dinner. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't. At first, they kind of were like, well, that's odd. But they thought, okay, well, she's got Bandit with her, and people get his attention. Mm-hmm. And she just loves to boast about him and go mm-hmm. on and on about, you know, everything yeah. about him and answer questions forever. And all mm-hmm. the neighborhood kids liked him, of course. Mm-hmm. So she probably just got held up. So they wait a little bit. Go ahead and feed the other kids. You know, her mom, Fran, mm-hmm. is getting really nervous. She's like, this isn't like her. And then it starts to creep in that it's getting dark. Well, she may have had a pet raccoon and walked around Florida barefoot and then swam with alligators, but she was definitely scared of the dark. Oh. So her parents knew was she right. was not going to be outside in the dark. Right. When the dark 30 came, right. she would have been in the house. Right. And she wasn't. So her parents still like, not to, you know, this was a time before Stranger Danger. This is not 72. It's just when it's starting and everything. People mm-hmm. are getting to, you know, I more. I just can't wrap my mind around Stranger Danger never being around. Ooh. I just can't. It just wasn't because we were raised with it. So there, I mean, think about it. We're not going to let our 13 year old go walk around the lake now. Heck no. I mean, I'd be nervous if my 18 year old walks anywhere and I, and he's grown. Yeah. But it wasn't. So they're still not thinking the worst. They are still thinking she's distracted. She's wandered off like something like that. And, um, so the family, that is home. The mm-hmm. siblings that are home, their parents, they load into their car and, and they're going to drive around the lake and they're going to find her, right? Mm-hmm. So they drive around the lake, but they don't see any sign of her at all. So um, at this point, it is near dark. Like it is, there's something is wrong right. because she would be home. Right. So James at this point makes the call that he's going to call the local volunteer fire mm-hmm. department and see if they will help them. Search. I don't know in my mind why you would call the fire department before the sheriff's office, but I don't know there. I don't, I don't know how things worked in 1972. And at this point they were still working on the premises that she had just wandered off, maybe got lost because you see Gail's family. Well, her and her siblings were born in Florida Mm -hmm. in the Tampa area. And her dad was actually from that area. Mm -hmm. Her mother wasn't, her mother was from right outside Detroit. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know at what period it didn't give us a definite date to win, but at some point her dad actually moved to the home state of Michigan of her mother mm-hmm. near Detroit and he took a job at an automotive company because you know, that's where the money was then. Right. And, um, but in March of that year, when she was 12, mm-hmm. they had moved back to the Tampa area following um, her dad, James, had had an accident at work, mm-hmm. and he actually had something fall on his foot mm-hmm. at the automotive plant and actually severed a few of his toes. So it was a pretty oh. detrimental injury, right. and it was an injury that obviously ended him being able to work right. there. So he was on disability temporarily, mm-hmm. and he needed surgeries, and yeah. it's better to recover in Warmer sunny Florida. Time. So then they moved, and his parents were, so they moved back right. to fun. where, and you, the kids obviously. Right. Where everybody, you know, including Gail, was like, yes. Because, right. you know, that's what they were used to. They were in Michigan for a short period. Right. So they were moving back home to where their right. friends were, to where the sunshine was. Right. Like, when you compare weather in Michigan to weather in southern Florida, right. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some people would not like it, but um, I'm going to Florida, too. Yeah. Going to Florida, too. That's just, so with his disability, it was just the best thing to do. Right. 
So they call the fire department. The fire department immediately responds and they start looking and they're searching and they can, they can't find her. So at that point, the fire department says, okay, it's time that we call the sheriff. So they call the sheriff's office and the sheriff's office comes right out and they begin a search that night Mm -hmm. because they're also at first, I mean, you know, they always have the, well, she ran away theory. And of course they have to ask these questions, but it is said by the family that the police asked the questions, but they dismissed that she had ran away Mm -hmm. very quickly for multiple reasons. Number one, she was happy in Florida to be back in Florida. Mm -hmm. It's not like she was mad and wanted to go back to Michigan. No, she was thrilled to be back with her friends in Florida. She was in middle school. She was already made a bunch of new friends. She was a really social, she was a social butterfly. Mm -hmm. Like she was just one of those bubbly people that can make friends everywhere. She was me. Like she's going to talk to the stranger. Right. Stranger danger. But but that's what she's going to do. Like she's just a social person and she's friendly. So not you. Nope. So that's what, so there's just, and then also think about the fact she had invited her sister Linda to come along. But you know, had to kill Linda, the fact that she didn't go. And it's been said that Linda for years has struggled with the fact that if I would have went, if I would have just went with her, Mm -hmm. maybe this wouldn't have happened. happened. But also, I think for Linda's sake, she needs to think of what if I would have went with her? What if it had happened to both of us? And my parents could have lost both their daughters that day. I don't know. I think the guilt of... The guilt of not going... outweighs the other possibility i'm sure to, in my brain no to me to me that would be a horrible thing mm-hmm. and she absolutely has no fault because right. she how could you could not know right. that yeah there is no way you could ever know mm-hmm. what was to be so sadly though sheriff's office fire department family even lots of friends and even strangers from the area start started the search for her that night they're searching the woods because they're thinking okay she's got you know she's so, been back here a couple months but even though she was familiar to the area we already know if you're deep in the woods, yeah. wandering around with the raccoon, it you could get twisted right. and turned. Right. right. You know, you could have had an accident. You could have fallen. Do you know what I'm saying? Like anything could have happened to where you need a little help. So does it give a time frame of when they start, like the police start searching? Like so, the family have, started like, searching. Idea? Okay, so around six, the family's going out. Okay. Around six thirty, mm-hmm. they've called the fire department. Okay. They search for about an hour. Mm-hmm. and then they're still getting nowhere oh. so they make the decision to call in the sheriff's office and they begin the search and they also get you know volunteers right. from the neighborhood so we got at least two and a half three hours somewhere i would think between two hours and three maybe an hour and a half depending because you know something like the timeline's yeah, a little fuzzy in different articles but yeah. so an hour and a half to three hours let's just leave right. it kind of broad right. that whatever's happened has been that's a long time for me. it but they didn't expect her back for almost an hour and when she was 30 minutes late, I think that's a pretty good reaction for your 13-year-old. Right. Her parents immediately knew, even with all these other kids, like, yeah. I need... So, to me, kudos to James and Fran, because right. they knew immediately, yeah. this is not our daughter, and something is wrong. And I think the fact they were so abdomen, mm-hmm. and she was also said to be very close with one of her brothers, Terry, uh-huh. who was close in her age. And after talking with him, the police just completely dismissed the idea that she was a runaway. Right. Like, day two, dismissed. So they search all night and sadly they come up with nothing. So they have to call the search in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And they have just said they need to reset because at this point they're thinking this is no longer a recovery yeah. for a missing child. I mean, for a lost child, 
this is an abduction. abduction. They are starting to suspect foul play at that point because they have already in their mind, kudos to Mm -hmm. the sheriff's department, ruled out like this child did not run away. If she's not in this area and we have searched and searched and searched Mm -hmm. for hours at this point because they search well into the night. We need to regroup. We need to get a station set up. We need to get organized Mm -hmm. because maybe she was abducted and she's further away than we think. So that's what they did. So the 8 a.m., they mm-hmm. resume the search. They use the sheriff's department's helicopter. One of the searchers brings, um, they have searchers come in. They have volunteer search teams come in. Mm-hmm. They even bring, one of the search teams brings their bloodhounds in. So did they ever find any trace of, like, bandit, the leash? No, I'm going to get to it. So uh, they, I was like, it's a coming. So they bring the bloodhounds in. Mm-hmm. The bloodhounds actually tracked her, which was r- repeatedly. Mm-hmm. They would bring them back to see if they could get a different scent. And the bloodhounds, every time, both dogs even if brought separately to the area, right. would track her to an area near across the street from her house. And then they would just lose her, which made the cops think like she got into a car. So they don't know. Well, like, she got into a Yeah. Car. So they don't know. If, but it, to me, it would have to be forcibly because if it was so close to her house, you wouldn't take a ride. I don't think you would take a ride. That's what I'm saying. It had to be forced. Like, okay. So if they're saying it was very close to her house where the dogs were losing right. it, like nearly across the street almost. Mm. But... It also is said there were witnesses that saw her that afternoon mm-hmm. several times. There was actually a ton of witnesses. Say, was there no people that seen her? Actually, there was. There were a ton of witnesses. Time. There was like 11 people, 11 witnesses to seeing her that afternoon around the lake. Because like I said, this is not late at night. This is a uh-huh. what Friday night, mm-hmm. 5 o'clock. You're coming home from work. You're cooking dinner. Your kids are playing. Like right. People are out and about. Right. Two people had reported seeing her along the route. And they have gave the specific mm-hmm. locations that they saw her. Like, one was at, like, 5.30. Then another person reported at, like, 7.30. But they never could nail down if that time is correct because she would have already been well past the time she was expected yeah. home. And her parents had already been driving around. Yeah. So, but the one person that the family knew, an older right. gentleman, gave a specific detail. Mm-hmm. And they were able to say, yeah, he saw her. Yeah. Um, the other nine people had seen her that day mm-hmm. near a wooded area mm-hmm. along the lake mm-hmm. talking to a man in a white car. And this mm-hmm. car was said to be, like, a... 60s model, early 60s model, Chevy 2. I didn't know what a Chevy 2 was. So I had to look mm-hmm. it up. It's because it doesn't exist. A few years later, That's they changed awesome. the name of it and relabeled it mm-hmm. like they do cars. And it's the Chevy Nova is what we would have knew it as. So white Chevy Nova, early 60s. And um, she's said to be talking to a man. And it's around it's the early, like, late, or late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. And he had short brown hair, mm-hmm. medium build. Tanned art complexion and long sideburns, true to the 70s. Uh, so, short hair, long sideburns. Yeah. And, um, but sadly, even though nine people at least saw her mm-hmm. that came forward outside this car, no one saw her get in the car. But they did notice and observe a few of them after the car was gone. Mm-hmm. She, was, she gone. was gone. But they can't say definitively that. Like that. That he put her in the car. Yeah. Because they didn't, no one saw him get in the car. Mm -hmm. It was just very strange that he was there talking to her. her. Mm -hmm. And and my mind goes to, and her dad says says that he believes the bandit was the key to this. Because like I said, she was so proud of him and she just loved to show him off. She was so friendly when it came Mm -hmm. to him. She was very known to answer questions. So this person Mm-hmm. that you typically wouldn't trust yeah. could have gained her trust through him. Right. I mean, he could have, he could have obviously forced her in the car mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. He could have took the raccoon mm-hmm. and threatened to hurt it if she didn't get in the car. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, because if someone took Caroline and threatened to hurt her, like, I'm going to comply like you have my kid. Like, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I don't want you to kill my dog. I don't want you to kill my dog, but you can have a hedgehog. I'll stay with my child. I'm just, I'm take, going, when it comes poking. to Carol, I am going to comply take because poking. there is no way that you are going to hurt my dog and me willingly watch it. No, well, absolutely not. I have a little bit of different circumstance. You want to get poked? Have at it. Be my guest. I'm taking my chances, but I got to get Carol first and she's going to eat them alive. Good news is my dog is prone to violence when it comes to people being near me. So he wouldn't have let her pet him to begin with. So, um, anyway, so no one saw her. So now let's talk about some things that could have happened. We already talked about he could have. One thing is he could have abducted her Mm -hmm. because he, you know, he could have forced her. He could have tricked her. He could have even said something as nonchalant as, oh, my God, I have a pet raccoon at That's home. Do you want to go? Like, oh, my God, they could play together. Has right he ever? It's just right up the street. Yeah. I was actually coming down here to look for some fish for her. You know, yeah. like, we should introduce them. Yeah. 13, naive, loving raccoons. Yeah. Yeah. Who's to say just willingly get in the right. car? That's what I was But thinking. And you're going to his house. So you're not going to think anything about it. Yeah. And then when you get there, for a grown man to overpower a 100-pound 13-year-old yeah. girl would be nothing. Yeah. So that was one. And they, they did extensive searches continuing into the weekend. Like it is said that up to 200 people searched. They used, like I said, the sheriff's department's helicopters. They mm-hmm. used bloodhounds. They used horses. They used boats to search the lake. Mm-hmm. Divers, like everything that could be like, they were calling right. out the shots all the to all the resources they had in that time. They were going to get in the days to come. The police department would even go so far as their deputies collecting raccoon carcasses that were found deceased to see if it was bandit because her parents felt like they could identify him because he had suffered some burns when he was really Mm -hmm. young Mm -hmm. in an accident to his feet and they had caused a scar and he had a scar like a scrape on his nose Mm -hmm. and they thought like they could well he'll know us you know you know our raccoon like you know like they'll know you and i'll know them yeah so they went as far as to gathering 17 in the in that area in the surrounding area even counties that someone called in raccoon carcasses to take to the family to see if anyone could identify bandit so when i say they were trying they, so they really never found bandit. they never found any trace of bandit not mm-hmm. a leash not a collar no no clothing of hers because like i said she didn't have anything but maybe a little bit of, a, like a dollar or two maybe right. for the store and her jeans and her pullover right like that's all she had yeah mm. so that was another thing like no way you run away with nothing right you love your raccoon you're gonna at least make sure you can feed it right So, another one.